Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Tuesday, April the 17th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for the day. And I am happy for, if for no other reason than when I woke up this morning, the rains had stopped, the sky is clearing, and we're starting to get back into spring again. So that alone makes me happy today. I'm off to a good start. How about you, Cindy? <laughs> Yay. Yeah, I'm happy too. And I'm telling you that that rain we had this weekend, Baton Rouge has a big blues festival every year. And it's, it's, a, it's a big, big deal. It's all weekend and huge festival, lots of great acts, wonderful stages. And Saturday, it got completely rained out. Aww. And so they actually had to cancel the first day of it. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I think there are a lot of people here happy to see the, the rain moving on as well. I'm sure. Uh, but, but you've had some really cold, cold weather as well. Oh. I mean, it was it was like um, in the 40s here. And that's just sort of unheard of for to be in the middle of April and be in the 40s. Right. Usually that's just January, you know, so for us, <laughs> even, it's been cold. So I know you've had the, the real cold. Yeah. Well, yesterday, not only was it raining, it actually snowed a little bit. So, yeah, oh, wow. snow in April. How about that? It's amazing! Wow, I know you. I know you're. I know, especially with the the gardening thing going on, that oh, you're yeah. ready. To... <laughs> and and we're out yeah. there too. I mean, not yesterday. Yesterday we couldn't have anybody out there, but last week I think we had four days where we had uh, good sized crews out there. So you know, the the season has definitely started, and we're glad that the snow is leaving. Our, our friends up at Mount Snow, Vermont, they're glad that the snow is going to leave, but they still have like two and a half feet on the ground. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I mean, wow, they, they're, that's amazing. And, and, and what they're hoping for—I know this sounds strange—but what they're hoping for is not a fast melt. What they're hoping for is a slow melt, because if you get a fast melt, what happens is it floods everything, and most—not right. most, but some of the roads up there are dirt roads, which means it turns into what's known as mud season. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. You can yeah. just imagine what that's like. So if you got two and a half feet of snow, you definitely don't want that to melt quickly because everything just turns to a great big muck. Ugh. Yeah. Well, wow. <laughs> on the other hand, once it all melts, on the other hand, it feeds all of the streams and rivers and comes flowing into the water supplies of all of the, the uh, other surrounding states. So that's the good news. <laughs> It would be really hard to be wanting it to go slow because you're so ready for it to be gone. But I understand that totally. Yeah. Well, there is probably not everybody at Mount Snow. I mean, we were up there in mid-March, um, right after one of the snowstorms, actually toward the end of March. And it was, again, we saw how high the snow was. It was about the same then. And we went out for a sleigh ride, which was really fun. After, oh no, I'm sorry, before the sleigh ride, we went out to lunch with our friends and the waitress who was uh, waiting on us, she was from England, actually, and uh, had a very dry sense of humor. She was fun. But one of the comments she made was, I am so done with winter. So if she was done then, she's really done now. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I can't, I can't even think about that because I, I'm like allergic to cold. So You're allergic really to cold. Yeah, I'm you... in the right place down here. But it's, but it's funny because it's been in the 40s, maybe high in the 60s. Um, but then in the 40s at night, and, you know, usually it's in the 80s, and someone said to us, oh, I'm so sick of this cold weather, which is really probably hilarious to you, right? It's like 63. <laughs> and we said just like, no, stop, like, stop saying that, because 
four months from now, we're all going to be like, oh my goodness, like I'm so sick of this 100 degree weather every single day. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we always want something. That, that's human nature, right? We want to expand and have something different. So, <laughs> Well, you and I were talking just before the podcast because I had, I had awakened this morning to the idea of a cliche, which is that you, you want to um, argue for your limitations and you'll get to keep them, that you want to avoid that. And so I was trying to think, what's the opposite? Because I didn't want to phrase it that way. I didn't want to say that I wanted to argue for my limitations. I wanted to argue for no limitations. And you came up with the, with the words possibilities and potential. So that's got to be the watchwords. That, those are the watchwords for the day, I think, and maybe even for the rest of the year. Pay attention to the potentials. <laughs> so it isn't, it isn't the potentials that are the negative ones. I mean, we don't want to focus on, oh, my God, what's going to happen with the 100-degree temperatures that are going to come? But rather, it's focusing on the positives. That's what I've learned the most about weather. If you focus on the positive possibilities, if you focus focus on the positive potentials, then actually good things happen. So we get to decide which ways it's going to be. I think that that's you know, we when we draw conclusions, it's it's sort of a, akin to arguing for our limitations. And very often, yeah. You know that whole deal about it's not over till it's over, right? Mm -hmm. And or you were telling me one last week. It's if it if this hasn't happened, then it's not over yet. You know, it's <laughs> that's like, right, <laughs> right? And it's like, yeah, there's there's no just no conclusions. That's one of my, you know, mantras that I try to remember because, you know, it's funny. Like I was talking about the blues festival getting rained out. Well, the next day it was beautiful and sunny, and of course, so the blues festival is back on for the day. And we were talking to some people downtown that told us that the night before, there's a little uh, a little restaurant downtown, and the night before, all the acts that would have played that got rained out, they all came and played one after the other in this little restaurant. Oh my goodness! And the people that were happened to be there or know about it were in for like the treat of a lifetime really this tiny place that seats you know a handful of people got to see every <laughs> single show that went and it's like so you never know what's going to happen it's that whole good luck bad luck who knows i mean keep just keep going there's something else you know there's something else plus it's, it's so. something we don't often think about but literally every end is also a beginning so right. like you say there there's it really just never ends it's continuous well, I wanted to share something funny. Talk about okay. something never ending. Okay. In 2007, I think, I was driving my car and I don't even remember what happened, but something happened. And it wasn't super serious, but yet, you know, just like a flat tire isn't serious, you still have to take care of it right now, <laughs> right? Or you can't drive anywhere. Oh, it absolutely. Was something, yeah. it was something like that, but I can't remember what it was. I just remember thinking, okay. I need to take my car in today. So I took my car into the shop and it did turn out to be not a real serious thing. I was just there for, but I, but I ended up staying at, you know, sitting there waiting for my car for an hour or so. And during that time I grabbed a magazine and it, I can't remember what magazine it was. Um, but it, I, I do remember that the only time I ever saw this magazine was at that particular um, <laughs> car place, but it was sort of a very, wealthy high society kind of magazine uh, it wasn't local it was like an a, from new york or somewhere so i open it up and i'm just thumbing through it and i see this page and it's a, a class action lawsuit for if you've bought a diamond and okay. i had a diamond that i had bought within the period of time and so i thought huh and of course everyone was like yeah class action 
you're going to get a check for 17 cents, you know, <laughs> um, and it'll take, and it'll take forever. And so I said, whatever. So I just went online and, you know, followed the instructions and it, it became a joke anytime I'd mention it because everyone was saying, you know, you'll never see anything. <laughs> and if you do, you know, it's going to be a check for a dollar 27 or whatever. It was right. never going to be anything. Okay. Well, like five years, six years later, um, I think it was maybe 2000, let's see, maybe 2013, um, I got a check in the mail for, I don't know, $128 or something like that. And I was like, you know, hey, that's not bad. I'll take $128 just showing up out of the blue. Yeah. And, and so it was kind of just like, hey, I, look, at, you know, it wasn't 17 cents. It wasn't a, a dollar twenty-three or whatever. Yeah, it was more than a cup of coffee. That's good. Anything right? more than so a cup of coffee is good. $128 that I had, it's like fun. Okay, so I thought that was over because that was like a few years ago, maybe five years ago. Well, yesterday, okay, so you know the I feel rich mantra. Oh, yeah. Okay, and I remember how we talked about when we focus on a specific thing, it's usually like short term. We were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the time, we're, we're letting ourselves get wrapped up in, you know, the limitations right. and things that are happening. Yep. And so, you know, my goal back then when, when I did the thousand uh, affirmations a day, I feel rich. I did was to do it for 10 days and I did it. And yep. all these things started coming in. Right? right. And then I let go of it a little bit. Right. And every once in a while, we'll look at each other over here and say, I feel rich. I feel rich. <laughs> we went to dinner with a family member and we poured a glass of wine and we were, somebody lifted their glass like to make a toast. And <laughs> he said, I feel rich. And I said, I feel rich. And the third person cocked their head and looked at us like, you know, like a little dog looks at you like, what? <laughs> it was so funny. And so <laughs> it was kind of like, I, I don't know what was going through her mind. It's like, why are you saying that? <laughs> um, but anyway, so yesterday morning I woke up and I, you know, that's funny. You're mentioning you woke up with this thought in your mind. I woke up and thought, wow, I really haven't been, you know, saying this mantra. I, I need to get, it was a lot of fun. All the things that were coming in when, when I was really, really grooving with the, I feel rich. So I got to do that today. So I realized I looked at my clock and I realized the alarm or the coffee maker or whatever, wasn't going to start happening for like 30 minutes. So I just laid there and did, I feel rich. I feel rich. I was kind of counting on my fingers to a hundred. You know, I feel rich yesterday morning. I get up and I go to the mailbox and there's something from the diamond class action thing. Really? <laughs> Another like, one. What? Wait a minute. And I opened it, it was, and it said they had paid out all the money and there was money left over. And so they split the remainder with everybody that was involved. And it was a check for $10. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is great. Wow. <laughs> so it was like, this is like the never ending story. Yeah, know, right. But I just thought it was funny that, you know, one time I got a check in the mail and it was for, it was for a letter. It might've just been a letter. And it was because I had overpaid my insurance. I can't remember. If, I think it was homeowner's insurance and I had overpaid it, you know, just by a, a handful, just a few dollars. It wasn't anything, but it was just a few dollars a month for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turned out to be a really big check. Yeah. Um, and it was like, and here's the thing that I always try to, you know, we're talking about money and the law of attraction and we just never know where it's going to come from. And the universe can use all different ways to deliver. 
so it that's the potential and the possibility that we have to to remember is that who knows where it'll show up from it doesn't matter we also have to be attuned to it i mean you were clearly attuned to all kinds of possibilities both with your i feel rich mantra and right. just in general, just the things you were focusing on in, in the stories as you were telling, like, you know, the, the diamond thing, you know, well, you know, well, I'm just going to give it a shot anyway. It reminds me of a, a video I saw of Jack Canfield giving a talk. Jack Canfield, of course, being the author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series and also a presenter in the movie The Secret. And Jack, in the middle of his talk, was, wanted to make a point about abundance. And so he reached into his wallet. And he pulled out a bill. It turned out to be a $50 bill. And he folded it into four, you know, in, into quarters. So it's like the small bill in his hand like that. And he holds it up and he says, I have a $50 bill here for anyone who wants it. And the entire audience just sits there for a moment until one woman, one young woman gets up, walks up, takes it out of his hand and goes back to sit down. And his point was, isn't it interesting how only one person got up to claim it? He had made it perfectly clear it was available to whoever wanted it, but only one person claimed it out of the entire audience. <laughs> Which is another way of saying opportunities exist all the time, but we limit ourselves into believing that, well, it can't be me. Right. Right. And and that's, you know, all the people that said to me, oh, shh, you know, <laughs> that'll never amount to anything. They were all saying the really? same thing. Claiming it was about as easy as getting out of the chair and walking up to the front of the room because right. I just had to go online and, you know, I mean, I had to do a few little things. I think I had to mail a copy of something somewhere, but I mean, it wasn't impossible work. And I think to myself, well, how many people saw the same ad I saw mm-hmm. and qualified for it as I did, mm-hmm. m- meaning I I had purchased a diamond in the past, you know, few years. Right. And, and just scoffed at it and turned the page. Oh, psh, that'll never amount to anything. Well, it's sort of like my friend's husband always tells her, you know, you, you, you can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. That's true. You know? you, you, I mean, just, you know, you can't keep talking about, well, if I win the lottery, it's like, well, you know, you don't buy lottery tickets, so it's probably not going to happen. Of course, you know, anything's possible. <laughs> anything is possible. One on the ground, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the point, though, is you have to be open to receiving it. Yes, and and then inspired action. And inspired action, yeah. Like that one woman that got out of the chair and walked up to the front of the room to claim it. I mean, probably everyone, or at least a good portion of the people sitting there, were having a thought about, should I get up? (laughs) But she actually took the action. She took the action, yeah. Yeah. The other thing, too, is that you have to have both pieces to it. There are a lot of people who just buy lottery tickets hoping they're going to win the lottery and they never win anything. They don't really. Right. They don't really believe it. I, yeah. I've actually bought a lottery ticket before, and had a person standing in line in front of me to buy a lottery ticket. And as he purchased it, he turned around and said to me, "I don't know why I buy these things. I'm not going to win." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yep, you're probably right. You're, you're absolutely <laughs> true. Yes, yep." You're correct. So on behalf of the (laughs) the, uh, state of Louisiana, thank you for your donation. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. That's so funny. Yeah. This stuff that we talk about, the law of attraction, this science of deliberate creation of being, you know, the law of creation of being creators, the law of allowing, of, of learning how to allow it to happen, to not put limitations in our own minds, 
All of this is so simple, and yet it's so incredibly complex. It's just well, amazing. Well, it's simple and it's not easy. That's it's the thing. It's not easy. Oh my goodness! How is it that something is so simple just keeps tripping us up? I just, I, I, I'm amazed by that. And I guess that's another form of you know arguing for a limitation. So I have to think to myself, well, I'm not going to keep tripping myself up. I'm going to actually be able to walk, you know, untripped. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's just mind blowing. But it actually kind of ties into where we are in the book because we're looking at the Money and the Law of Attraction book by Abraham Hicks, Jerry and Esther Hicks. And the uh, section that we're on is entitled, What if the poor criticize the rich? Which is yet another form of placing limitations on our own minds. Now, if you're, if you're in the group that's doing the criticizing, all you're doing is preventing yourself from attracting the very thing you want to attract. So we should probably right. learn about that, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. And and we hear it a lot. And it's funny, like anything we focus on, we're you know, there's a saying that what we focus on expands. And so anything that we focus on or sometimes even just become aware of, we start to see more of it. That's that whole reticular activation. You know, right. that's the idea that wow, I I never I never saw a yellow Volkswagen in my entire neighborhood until I bought mine and now they're everywhere right mm -hmm. and that's what people say right so it's that once we start to focus and so I'm telling you I don't want you to focus on criticizing rich people no. but once we once we have this idea that wow we don't want to do that we'll start hearing it you know from our own mind or from other people or whatever there's a lot of it that goes on that's true yeah, that, that will show up a lot of ways, especially when we read this. It'll it'll show up in a lot of ways in our lives, probably today. Yeah. And so, you know, here's the here's the deal with that, I think. I'm not going to name names, but we all know stories and things that are happening in the news about people that are wealthy that make decisions and do things that we wouldn't agree with as far as our own <laughs> values or ethics. Gee, I wonder and who then, you're thinking of. <laughs> but, but then, you know, if we, if we decide but that there are very wealthy people out there who are doing a lot of good in the world and make yes. choices and decisions that align with our values and ethics, they're there too. They are. It's just, they're, you know, it's like that idea that you don't, you don't, it's not the climb up the mountain that bothers you. It's the pebble in your shoe. You know, it's that splinter in your right. finger that needs some attention because it's frustrating, painful, aggravating. Well, it's the same thing. We look out and we see, you know, a wealthy person making choices that we would never make and it's aggravating to us. And mm -hmm. so what we don't want to do is form an opinion of us and they like, you know, that us and them opinion where them, those rich people over there, yes. <laughs> they're terrible. Because as soon as we do that, not only have we made a separation, we put me over here and the rich people over there. Now I've just, I'm not even, I can't even see myself in that category. And then we've made them terrible and bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't want to be that. So there are, there are very wealthy people who do a lot of good in the world. We have to remember that. Oh, there are, yeah. And, and more precisely, there are a lot of wealthy people in the world who have preferences similar to our own. It isn't so much that right. of good or bad, it's what do we prefer, right? So, you know, is there anything that I prefer that a wealthy person would prefer? And the answer is yes, of course, there are a lot of things. Of course, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm ready to dive in, but I wanted to check in and say, you know, we want to make sure we encourage people to... um 
to subscribe and to share. That's true. And we need to do that more often. So let's take a moment and remind people the easiest way to subscribe and share is to go to the homepage of our website, which is, not surprisingly, loatoday.net. And that is a very rich, I'll use that word advisedly, a very rich homepage <laughs> because not only can you subscribe and share on that page, you can also listen to live podcasts while they're being recorded. If you're listening right now, you're listening most likely on the homepage of LOAToday.net. There's a player right there for listening to the live podcasts. There's also instructions for how you can call in to any of the podcasts because sometimes it's good to talk to a life coach. Well, I made a point of, of making sure that all of my co-hosts are life coaches. So no matter which show you call in on, guess what? You're going to get a life coach. It's a good thing <laughs> so all those things are right there the, the the share buttons are all there all the social media buttons that you could possibly imagine are there if you if there's one that you don't see there's what there's an icon over on the right you hover over it and it gives you a whole bunch more that you can't even see literally yeah, there's one you don't see it's a miracle yeah really i mean it's <laughs> there, there are social media uh, platforms in that list that i've never even heard of so <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they are all there. That means all the excuses are gone. So it's really simple. You subscribe right there. You can also subscribe, by the way, through directly through your iPhone or your Android. Um, and the, again, the instructions are there on the homepage. But it's really simple. You just do a little search either in the iTunes store on an iPhone or in the Play Store on an Android phone. And, you know, it, again, it walks you right through it. So please do subscribe and share. And, and by the way, people who subscribe, they listen and listen and listen. So it really is worthwhile. It's free. doesn't cost you a penny. Um, it's not like we're putting you onto a subscription plan or anything like that. You just you know keep listening and listening and listening. And, and last month, the average person who visited the site at all to play any episode at all, on average, listened to 45 episodes. Wow. So I think it's kind of popular among those who actually subscribe. You know, it's it's like we always say, you hear people say, you are what you read. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? It's really, it's it's whatever we take in reading, listening, food, what we eat, you know, all of that creates who we are. And so the more you listen to opinions and ideas and all of these methods that we talk about to help you be a better at consciously creating your experience, the easier it gets because that's just what's going in. That's what you're hearing. Exactly. So, yes. Yeah. Please subscribe and then share with your friends. Also. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Because when you're listening to our podcast, what you're really, really doing is getting direct help without having to do much of anything yourself to reprogram your own mind for the positive. Yeah. Well, you're just bringing yourself into alignment. Right. That's we talked it. the other day about <laughs> we both had the experience of I'm not going to say accidentally, but just clicking on a link that was a news story and then feeling frustrated and saying, why did I read that? <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. Well, it's the same thing when you consciously decide I'm going to go read this. I'm going to read, you know, money in the law of attraction. I'm going to click on the LOA today podcast and listen in. You're making a conscious choice to bring yourself into alignment with a different energy. So very important. Yes. yes. No doubt. So I'll tell so, you what, I'll, I will read Jerry and why don't you pick it up after that? You can read Abraham's part. Does that sound good? Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So Jerry says, when I was a kid, I associated with poor people primarily, three Ps, and we used to make fun of those who were wealthy. We criticized those who drove luxury cars, for instance. And so as an adult, when it came time that I would like to have owned a Cadillac, 
I couldn't bring myself to drive one because I felt that people would make fun of me as I had made fun of the others. So I drove a Mercedes because years ago, people th kind of thought that they were kind of like economy cars. The only way I could bring myself to drive a, Merce a, a Cadillac, I never thought of a Mercedes as, a, as an economy car, but whatever. Me either. That's so funny. The only way I could bring myself to drive a Cadillac, which I finally did, was to bridge my thoughts by saying, well, by buying this car, I put all those people to work who put this car together. I created jobs for all the people who supplied the parts and the materials, the leather, the metal, the glass, and the craftsmen, and so on. And in that justification, then I was able to buy the car. So somehow I discovered a process of bridging my thoughts that helped me allow that symbol of success into my experience. That's so interesting. So Abraham says, and by the way, if you're following along in the paperback version, we're at the bottom of page 73. Good. Abraham says, your process of bridging thoughts in an, is an effective one. When you want to feel good and you gradually find increasingly better feeling thoughts, you are bringing yourself into alignment with your desire and you are releasing the resistance that is preventing your improved conditions. Focusing on opposing opinions of others is never productive because it always causes discord within you, which also prevents your improved condition. There will always be others who disagree with you, and your attention to them will always cause you to vibrationally disagree with your own desires. Listen to your own guidance system by paying attention to how you're feeling in order to determine the appropriateness of your desires and behaviors. There will always be someone, no matter which side of any subject you choose, who does not harmonize with you. And that's why we speak so firmly and want so much for you to understand that your greatest endeavor is to find harmony with who you really are. If you would trust in yourself, if you could believe that through all that you have lived, you have come to a place of very strong knowing and that you can trust the way you feel as your personal form of guidance about the appropriateness or inappropriateness of what you are contemplating doing, then you would utilize your guidance system in the way that it was really intended. This concept of bridging, it's something we've talked about before, but as you, as you read Abraham's response, it occurred to me, we actually aren't good at it as human beings. I mean, some of us, a few of us have perhaps been practicing how to do it, learning how to make that pivot, learning how to transition from the bad feeling thoughts to the good feeling thoughts. And we can do it on occasion. But how many of us do it regularly? How many of us do it daily? How many of us do it as part of our regular routine whenever we're communicating on any topic? It occurs to me we need more practice with it. Well, I think we need more practice with creating the bridge that goes over to the good thought because to me, it sounds like arguing for the possibilities and the potential instead of arguing for the limitations. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which we're really good at, right? I mean, most of us are pretty good at arguing for our limitations. If we get in that, if we, if we get in that energy flow and we get in that catabolic it's victim energy usually is what it is. Right. And, and we can't, it's really hard to get out of. So we get really well practiced at arguing for limitations. It's the yeah, buts, right? Well, you could do this. Yeah, but blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah. what about this? Yeah, but blah, blah, blah. It's like, there's always a reason why we can't do a certain thing or whatever. 
Right. We just need to channel that energy into the other direction. <laughs> like you like you woke up with this morning. Yeah, exactly. Being yeah. able to bridge the thought. I mean, when I read this about Jerry, that, you know, they, they said I, I was to bridge my thoughts. I'm like, well, this is actually justification. I mean, he was finally able to justify to himself why it was okay to buy the Cadillac. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so I think, I think we are good at it a lot of the times. We just need to turn it around and, you know, it's like using, being really good at using a tool, but not good at using it for a right reason or a, a better outcome, I should say. We just need to use that ability we have. But for I, the I right it, outcome, for the better outcome. I, I think even there, though, it, it's it's a lack of practice. Yeah. I mean, we just simply don't take enough time to practice it in the right direction. Like you say, we're very good in the other direction. We're really good at tearing down. It's the building up part that we have a little little bit of a struggle with sometimes. And I, I don't know. I, I just think, like, maybe... I, I don't, I'm not sure how to do this. I'm kind of throwing something out there, hoping that it'll it'll manifest into something. But... I would love to have some some little addition to the program that we do each day. Something where we somehow practice or encourage others to come on and practice, you know, bridging to where we want to be, and mm -hmm. just make it. A, I don't, I'm not sure how to do this. I mean, I'm not sure how to how do you turn that into something interesting. You don't want it to be boring. Like, oh god, we're going to do bridging again today. <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> Here's what I think right now that's important to remember, and that is because we're talking about money and because we're talking about this idea of criticizing the wealthy or making having money, making it a bad thing to have money. And because this is an issue for many, many people. And so, and even when we think we don't do it, sometimes we do. We've talked about this before. Like how many movies do we watch where, the, the wealthiest person in the movie is also the bad guy. Oh, sure. Yeah. Common theme. Right. And so what we have to remember is that all of those reasons that we have, that we, we can never help someone, you know, with when we're in lack. That's true. It doesn't, it doesn't help other people that are in lack if I stay in lack. I can only help them if I'm, have access to abundance, then I can help. That should and be so, so obvious. I too. just think it's so important to remember that it's like, we can do good with the abundance that we attract. Mm -hmm. yep. It's not just about me, me, me. It's not about us all being hoarders of wealth. That's not what this is about. No, it's about being able to have access to abundance so that we can do good in the world with it as well. Yeah, that's a key abundance concept. Abundance has absolutely nothing to do with hoarding. In fact, if no. you're hoarding, you're not going to be abundant. That's just <laughs> one does not go with the other. It, it, right. In order to have abundance, first of all, you have to have the mindset that says, I don't have to hoard. It's going to keep coming. Now, it's just exactly. going to keep flowing. So the, uh, hoarding isn't even part of my thought process. No, it's actually a scarcity mentality. It is, yes. Mm -hmm. One that I know yeah. well, by the way. I'm, I'm experienced with that one. <laughs> Well, I think a lot of us are, you know, we, we bring something in and we want to hang on to it because what if there isn't any more? What if any, what, what if more doesn't come in? Yeah. And that's exactly the place that we, we don't want to be as far as abundance because it will stop coming in. Uh, there's a flow and it needs to keep flowing. Now, 
I have to admit, this next section that's come up, I, I just looked at the subsection title, and this hits me right to the core, because this is what I wrote my, my novel about all those years ago. Oh, so here it's money. What if our money loses value? So yeah. take, the, take the Jerry part. Okay, so Jerry said, Abraham, in the past, our money was primarily coins, metal that had a value in and of itself, like the $20 gold piece. The gold itself was worth $20, and the silver and the silver dollar had value. And so it seems simple to understand the value of the coin, but now our money in and of itself has no actual value. The paper and coins are essentially valueless. I've always appreciated the convenience of money as a way of exchanging goods and talents rather than trading a chicken for a container of milk or a basket of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but now our money is being artificially devalued and it's becoming increasingly difficult to really understand the value of a dollar. In other words, it reminds me of my own searching for my own value. Quote, how much is my talent worth? How much should I ask for in exchange for the time and energy that I put forth? Unquote. But now I'm learning from you that we don't have to consider our value in that way. We have only to consider what it is that we want and then allow it in. I'm aware that many people feel, many people are feeling insecure about their financial future because they feel they don't have control over what may happen to the value of the dollar because it's typically a handful of people who seem to control or manipulate that. Many worry that there's going to be more inflation or even another depression. I'd like people to understand what you've been teaching us about the law of attraction so that they won't be concerned with things that are outside of their control, like the value of the dollar. And Abraham says, you have hit upon something very essential here regarding the subject of money, because you're right. Many of you are recognizing that the dollars today just are not worth what they were at one time. But that is another position of lack you very often stand firmly upon that keeps you from attracting the abundance that is yours. We would like you to understand that the dollar and its assigned value is really not as important to your experience as you believing, as you are believing. And that if you could put your attention upon what you are wanting in terms of being and then having and then doing, that all of the money or other means for bringing about what you want could then flow easily and much more effortlessly into your experience. We keep coming back to the same terminology. From your place of lack, you cannot attract its opposite. And so it really is a matter of adjusting your thinking so that your thinking harmonizes with that which feels good within you. Every thought that you think vibrates, and it is by virtue of having that vibrating thought that you attract. When you think a thought of lack, that thought is vibrating at a place that is so alien to that which your inner being knows to be that your inner being cannot resonate with you at all. And the resultant feeling within you is one of negative emotion. When you think a thought of upliftment or abundance or well-being, those thoughts do harmonize with that which your inner being knows to be. And under those conditions, you are filled with a feeling of positive emotion. You may trust the way that you feel as the indicator as to which side of this subject, that is really two subjects, you are on. Whether it is the subject of money or lack of it, or health or lack of it, or a relationship or the lack of one, 
always when you feel good, you are in the place of attracting that which you are wanting. One of the pieces that really caught my attention when you read it, and it caught my attention, and I remember the first time I read it, was in the second paragraph. In the second paragraph, among other things, it says, I'm going to be cutting into a very long sentence here because I don't want to do the whole thing. Um, if you could put your attention upon what you are wanting in terms of being and then having and then doing, that all of the money or other means for bringing about what you want could flow easily or other means for bringing about what you want. Right. That You, you read that one, you say, okay, what are they? What are the yeah. other means? I mean, there's money. Okay. Is there something else? <laughs> what else is well, there? So I had a discussion um, a week or so ago with somebody that said to me, we don't always need, oh, I'm trying to remember her exact words. Um, we don't always need ownership. Sometimes we just need access. Yes. And I think about the time that I really wanted to live downtown. I mean, we talked about this in an only half serious way. Um, we we didn't start making, you know, designs to move, but we said, wouldn't it be nice, right? Wouldn't it be nice to live downtown in like the luxury high rise apartment where you have a doorman and, you know, all <laughs> this kind of stuff. And we were just having fun one day, you know, we were just having fun talking and getting ourselves in that vibe. Mm -hmm. And what happened was we ended up having some work have to be done to the house and we ended up downtown living in a five-star hotel for three weeks. And we we were just like, oh my goodness, like this is, remember we were talking about this a few months ago because it was like an afternoon that we really talked about and really had fun with kind of just what ifing, right? Just <laughs> making up stories about living in, in the luxury place where you have a doorman. We ended up doing it for three weeks. Crazy. So it, no, no money changed hands. That's true, right? Yeah, like, no money changed hands. We, it was an insurance thing, and we had to be there, and this work had to be done. And so it's like, who knows how it's going to come to you? Exactly I love right. that they said that. I do too. And But it, th my point is that it stopped me in my tracks because I certainly have a mindset that I have to have money in order to have anything happen. And right. I've, I've been trying to modify that. I know I, I don't want to break that mindset because that would probably be more than I can handle to break it. But I want to at least modify it to allow other possibilities to come in. And my my sister has a friend who is, I, I think by objective standards, everybody would describe her as being poor. She just doesn't have hardly any money at all, barely enough to subside on. And yet, this is a woman who can raise money for any activity that she wants to usually, you know, some sort of a, a civic project, or maybe it's maybe it's even for her to, to be able to travel overseas to some conference or to you know do some sort of a, a special thing in, in Europe or whatever. And she does it over and over and over again. This is a woman who has no income to speak of of any significant amount, and yet she's flying around the world. How does she there do you it? <laughs> How on earth does she do that? She doesn't have the money. Well, the money always shows up when she needs it to. It's, it's, well, it's one of the most amazing things. What stood out to me, and I think it kind of answers part of that too, in the same, in the same paragraph was where it says, if you could put your attention upon what you are wanting, and this is what jumped out, in terms of being 
and then having and then doing. Yes. What stood out, we hear this a lot, be whatever you want to be, do, or have. But they put it in an order here with, with these words in terms of being and then having and then doing. Yes. And my point is that you'll never have it if you can't first be the person that has it. Has it. Yes, it's the being, that and comes and that's first. what what is there right there in terms of being and then having, and so your friend that flies all over the place, she's perfectly comfortable being that person. She's perfectly comfortable being the person that doesn't have a lot of income, but that people are always giving her opportunities to do the things she wants to do. Exactly. That's who she is. Yeah, and so that's what flows in, and so being comfortable. You know, we talk about people that want to have, let's say, a best-selling book. But in their mind, they may have thoughts that a best-selling author um, never gets out of the house, or <laughs> maybe a best-selling author, once their book is best-selling, is always on a book tour 300 days a year and never with their family. Mm. Or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yep. All these thoughts that come in, they're like, well, if I do this, then this is what's going to happen. I don't know if I would like that too much. Well, then they have trouble stepping into that identity of best-selling author because Very that true. incorporates some things that they're not sure they want. So we have to be comfortable with the being first, and then everything else starts to line up. I love this. It, it, I, I love I love the part you read or other means for yep, bringing about what you means. want because here's the thing: when we get into alignment, it very often comes through other means. And I have to admit, there's a part of me that says, I don't know if I can handle that too much because I have experienced it. I have experienced where means come at the most bizarre times, often perfect timing, in the most crazy ways that I couldn't possibly script if I want, you know, if I wanted to get myself into that place of belief by scripting it, I'd be dead in the water. I wouldn't have a prayer because every time I try to script it, my script is completely off compared to what actually happens. What actually happens is just like mind boggling stuff. So, you know, I, I think about that in terms of the belief. I say, well, I don't know how to plan that. So how the heck do I believe it? <laughs> right. Well, I think that's that's the bridging. And it's also that it very often, I would say most of the time, I could almost say 100% of the time, does not play out the way we script it. No, it doesn't. Um, and, and that's okay because the scripting helps us align with the outcome with align with that thing that we want not it doesn't necessarily the goal isn't to align with how it's going to show up good point yeah the, the goal is to align with being and being that person that has that thing and doing the things that that person would do it's almost like life becomes a perpetual surprise party like, i love it and <laughs> that way it is I love the surprise party. Yeah. It's a perpetual <laughs> yeah. surprise party because every time that you plan something out, it plays out completely differently. And it's a, it's a big surprise every time. Like, oh, wow. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect it to work out that way. I didn't expect to get a check for $128 in the mail because <laughs> I, I had bought a diamond within the last five years. <laughs> right? I, I think that the the wonderful thing is that not only that it plays out differently than we could imagine but most of the time, it's just so much better than what we could imagine. You know, and that takes it takes a while to get used to that the first time. After you've been through it a number of times, it's easier. 
but the first time I, I and I know when the first time was for me that it, that it just kind of knocked my socks off. It was it, it was at the point where Louise and I were getting ready to move from Virginia back to Connecticut, and that's a story, by the way, that is told in our book that is coming together. I don't know if I mentioned it today. I mentioned it uh, yesterday in both of the podcasts that I've got the basic story structure put together. So the book is really coming along nicely. Woohoo! Yeah. Yay! Yeah. But uh, the last story of the book is is the story where we come back from Virginia to Connecticut, and it, it's actually a multi-piece story. It's not just one law of attraction manifestation type story. It's a bunch of them that all happened intertwined, and one of them had to do with money showing up to pay for things like cars and moves and you know just crazy stuff that you, I couldn't possibly have have planned it all out. In fact, it was such a stressful time for us because we didn't know how stuff was going to work out. We didn't know how a lot of stuff that we desperately needed was going to work out. And it did work mm-hmm. out, but it was so stressful that literally when Louise sat down to, to write her part of it, she couldn't do it. It, w- it was reliving too many difficult memories because it was such a traumatic time. And yet it all worked out. Well, that's the for me, that's my go-to whenever I think about the serendipities of how things work. And I probably need to pick a new one because it does have the traumatic aspect to it. <laughs> but the point is, that's where it first hit me in a really, really big way that I will never know exactly how stuff's going to happen. And that I have to right. start letting go of this idea that I can pre-plan how it's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah. It's sort of like... You know, we we often hear the word roller coaster used in sort of a negative term, like, you know, mm-hmm. something was an emotional roller coaster. Or, so I'm not using it that way. Um, but on an actual roller coaster, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right? When you're riding a roller coaster, you know, sometimes they have like these tunnels where it's just dark. Yep. And you're like, oh, and you have no idea what's going to happen. Right. Um, and the thing is, is that it's just you don't have any choice, but at that point on an actual roller coaster, but just to relax and go along for the ride. I mean, it's going to do what it's going to do. Right. That's right. And so I think we do have a choice to stay in alignment with what we want, but then we need to just be able to let go of attachment to specific outcomes Mm. and to specific hows and let it happen the way it happens because in my experience anyway the way the way i thought i wanted something to happen and i'm talking about a wanted thing a desired thing that i wanted to have happen and i wanted it a certain way you know it either happens that way when i'm in alignment with it it either happens in that way that i wanted i know i have times where i've said oh my goodness that couldn't have been more perfect like it happened exactly <laughs> the way right yeah but it either happens the way I wanted or some way that's so much better. Yeah. If I'm true. in alignment with mm-hmm. it. And the time that I might say something like, well, yeah, it was pretty good. It was it was almost what we wanted. I mean, there were a few little snafus. Well, yeah, that may have been because I was out of alignment. Or I was worried too much. Or I was being too persnickety about how it came about. But when I'm in alignment with the outcome and I know what I want and I'm feeling it and I'm tapping into that, you know, my favorite Neville Goddard phrase about assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. When I when I have done that, the outcome has always been amazing. Well, I let me can't al- argue with it being better than I expected. Let me also then raise a point here because... 
this is a point that haunted me for a number of years early on exploring how LOA works. And it's one that I'm sure haunts other people. And that is, particularly where money is concerned, if you've never experienced being wealthy, how do you assume the belief? How do you assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled if you've never been there? Well, first of all, that's what our imagination is for. Mm -hmm. I have never in my physical body flown anywhere outside of a plane. But in my dreams, I have had a flying dream before. And as a little kid, you'll see little children running around with their arms out, right? And their Superman cape on. And they're imagining. I mean, we need to remember to tap back into that natural ability we have to imagine things. And if we've never experienced it before, then why do we want it? It's one thing to say, well, I've never experienced it. So how can I even, how can I even imagine what it feels like? Well, there has to be some part of you that can imagine something because you're saying that this is something you want. So even though I've never experienced being a millionaire, I can at least imagine wanting to have the ability to do what a millionaire can do, which is basically spend money on whatever they want to spend money on. Right. I always think of, you know, when we dig down with someone asking them questions, a lot of people pick that number out. It's like, I want to make a million dollars. I want to be a millionaire. And the question is always, well, what would having that give you? Because they have some definition in their head of what that means. It's not just random. And if it is, then we need to dig down and figure out, well, why is it that you actually think that you want that? Why? What would that, what would that give you? And usually it digs down to happiness or freedom. Freedom's a big one. Mm-hmm. And it's what you just said. It's I want to have the freedom to buy the thing I want to buy without worrying about it. I, I want to be able to have that experience or buy that thing without struggling over it. Just want to be able to do it. I want to have the freedom to just do that thing or buy that thing. And, and that, yes, money often does give you that ability. And that, by the way, is actually something most of us have experienced, even if we're not millionaires. I mean, right. I, can, I can remember a time that was actually the last uh, employee type paying job I had before I went self-employed um, around the turn of the millennium. I was working for Phoenix Insurance, the insurance company, and making the best money I'd ever made as an employee. And at that point in time, the money was good enough that, you know, like Louise and I could go out to dinner. I could buy the dinner and not think twice about it. And that was a new experience. That was not something I was used to. That that was, it was a good experience, and there are times where I try to think back. How did that feel when I when I had that increase in income, and that increase made me feel like I had that freedom that you talked about, that freedom to just you know buy the dinner and not think twice about it because that's the feeling. That's the right exactly, and that you know I I actually received an email from someone who may have been a listener. I'm I'm not sure how they how they heard about me, Um, but. They were wanting, they were um, a a teenager who was living at home with their parents and wanted more freedom. Mm -hmm. And I said to them, the most important thing that you can do right now, number one, with staying within the the parameters of the rules that your parents are setting for you. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to encourage anybody to, to break rules, but focus on and enjoy and appreciate the freedom 
that you do have. Right. Right. Do you have the freedom to choose what you want to eat? Do you have the freedom to choose what you want to wear? Do you have the freedom to use your phone, send an email, watch what you want on TV? Like some people don't have those freedoms. Mm -hmm. So you have them. Be aware of every place in your life where you're experiencing some kind of freedom. And I would say the same thing about money, right? It's like, yeah, I definitely can't just like walk down to or, you know, go down to any, uh, we were talking about Cadillacs and Mercedes. Um, <laughs> I can't, I don't have the ability to just go down and, and pick out, you know, four or five new Mercedes and just have them delivered today, <laughs> right? I, I don't have that. Um, but I do have the ability to purchase lots of things. And I actually have the ability to purchase lots of things without even looking at the price. Now, they may be small things, right? But how small can we go? Like, can you walk into a store and buy a pack of gum and not, and not worry over how much it is? Just throw it on the counter and pay for it or a bottle of water? Or, so, you know, it's finding that place where you are experiencing that, maybe in a really small way, but you still got it. And then appreciating that and tapping into that. Wow, I don't have to, you know, worry about this one thing. And, and that's that's it right there. You the, have absolutely nothing. The, you can still tap down to areas that you have freedom or areas where you experience happiness. Tap into that because that's really the ultimate objective for you anyway. Right. That that That's what we're trying to get. We're trying to get that fe freedom feeling. Uh, well, freedom feeling, yes, but any kind of feeling that, that's associated with whatever it is we're trying to attract. And if we associate freedom, then by all means, we focus on the freedom. But we want to accelerate it. We want to accentuate it. And and that's, I think, what you were talking about toward the end there, where you said you want to appreciate it. You want to you know, really zero in on what it feels like to feel the freedom when you're able to, without giving it a second thought, buy that pack of gum or whatever. You know, one of the things that I've, I've said this over and over since we started the book is that the idea of pivoting really impacted me. And I, it's it wasn't a new idea to me. But the new part of it to me was not just understanding what I didn't want and then what I did want, but going further and not letting the answer be because I don't want that. And I think this happens a lot with money. Like you said, okay, what if we, what if we are in a place where we have not experienced wealth to any degree at all? Maybe we're a person that's experienced poverty our entire life. And we just can't think of a, a place. And so when we ask the question, well, why, why then do you want to be wealthy? Why do you want to attract abundance? And the answer immediately is because I'm tired of this poverty. I don't want to be poor. And the pivot, the PowerPoint in the pivot for me is not letting that be the answer. And, and say, not good enough. Right. Nope, you can't stay here. That's the wrong answer. You can't stay here. As a matter of fact, I wrote an email uh, to my list a, about a week ago, and I had so many replies. It really kind of blew my mind because a lot of times I send an email and no one replies to it. <laughs> uh, this time, so many people replied, and this is the very thing I talked about. I talked about that I told my experience of the beginning of the year when I was sick. And how many times I went around that circle of saying, oh, catching myself with a story in my head. Oh, I think I'm getting sick. Mm. I wonder if I have a fever. I bet I have a tiny little fever. Oh, I don't feel good. I think my throat is getting scratchier. Oh, no, I have to do the podcast. I have people to coach. I don't want to have a scratchy throat. And catching myself just going on this 
kind of rampage that definitely was going to attract a bigger head cold <laughs> mm-hmm. and saying, no, wh- wh- I want to be well. Why do I want to w- be well? Because I don't want to be sick. No, that's the wrong answer. Keep going. Keep going. And it took some effort to come up with reasons. And it will take some effort for you to come up with reasons why you don't want to be poor. Mm -hmm. Besides, I just don't want to be poor. What are they? And as soon as you start tapping into the possibilities that having abundance and more wealth would bring you, your energy level will shift. It's automatic. When you can get away from focusing on the thing you don't want and start focusing on what you do want, it changes. You will change. I, I talked to somebody last week and, and they were right in that spot because I don't want to be poor. And I said, no, no, let's keep going. What could you really do if the money really started coming in for you? And they started talking about travel. And I mean, they just lit up. <laughs> they said, oh, well, you know, I'd be able to I'd be able to travel. I have always wanted to go to this place. And they started talking about trips that they've imagined having. And I'm telling you what, they lit up. Their energy shifted so much. And I was like, there you, I said, okay, right there. You see how you're feeling right now? That feeling, memorize it. Hold on to that feeling. Mm -hmm. That's the one you want. Not that other one that you had two minutes ago. Oh, I'm so tired of being poor. That's not the one you want. The one you want is the one you're having right now where you're talking about traveling to other countries and seeing the world and doing those things that you want to do. Yeah, the one, on to <laughs> the, the one where you're saying, I'm so tired of being poor. You definitely don't want to stay there. I mean, it's a good start. You, you got to start somewhere. So you have to begin the bridging process, but you definitely don't want to stop there. And that is what we tend to do. We tend to stop there. Well, we don't have to. We can continue. We can say, well, okay, so what is it that I do want? And like you did with your, your friend or client there, you help them to understand, well, I really want to travel. And travel is fun. Travel is an exciting prospect. Now, being able to see the world and see how the other half lives, <laughs> to see yeah, how so all that, this stuff and, works and around the world. That's an interesting thing, too, is like that a whole idea of, well, I can't imagine being wealthy. I've never been wealthy. But we've all imagined something that we really want. And could money afford that for us? Yes, probably. But see, money is still the how. Mm-hmm. And so skip over all of that. That just brings a lot of confusion and, you know, negative feeling vibration. Skip over it. Go right to what it is that you think you would do with it. And imagine that. Exactly right. Plus, well, we're actually kind of running out of time here, so it got to be brief. But it reminds me about the uh, open houses Louise and I have been seeing. We've been seeing some very, very expensive open houses. And some of them are very, very (laughs) nice. And some of them... You know, like rich people live here, really? <laughs> you're, you're wondering, like, okay. <laughs> but no time to go into that because we're out of time. Cindy, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how do they reach out to you? <laughs> they can find me at cindychavez.com, C-I-N-D-I-E-C-H-A-V-E-Z.com. Come and find me. Say hello. <laughs> that sounds great. Wendy, or Wendy, yes. Cindy, Cindy, it's been a pleasure. I can't wait to do it again tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. And we hope you join us as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone.